here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide and on channel 814 on DSTV. The time now is 20 minutes to 11 at 11 o'clock. So Lekat Kodashe is going to give us the final news update for the day. And after 11, you and I are going to have uh, the pleasure of having Marcosis Kakane, who's a clairvoyant medium, doing our closet conversations as she gives us readings for our uh, love lives and future finances, health and the likes. If you'd like to get a reading, remember, Remember, you can call in on 0891-104207 or call 011-714-4045. Right now, we are talking social issues and we are all aware that in a couple of hours, in fact, not even hours and minutes, it's going to be time for the nation to um, welcome Level 2. And that means that uh, some of the... The products that were closed off, like alcohol, have now, well, at that time, (laughs) at midnight, will be opened up. And I know a lot of people are already planning their wish list and what they're going to be purchasing. So right now we're going to be talking to Patricia Pillay, who is the CEO of Beer Association of South Africa, about what this lifting of the alcohol ban means to the industry. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can uh, send a WhatsApp on 0614104107 or SMS on 41391. Thank you very much for joining us, Patricia. It's such a great pleasure having someone who bears the same name as me on the show. (laughs) Thanks, Patricia. (laughs) But I think just not to confuse everyone, I'm not going to keep calling your name, right? Or else I'm going to think I'm calling myself. Now, let's let's talk about the, the, the... the feeling and the excitement, if there was any, within the the, the, the beer and liquor um, industry when the ban was announced to be lifted? You know, I think excitement was about the livelihoods that can now be saved because I think you would have heard the narrative along the way during the ban. And it was all about balancing lives and livelihoods. So it's not that the industry was saying, um, you know, we don't care about lives. We were saying there are so many livelihoods at stake. Because when you look at, um, you know, the beer industry, it's over 400,000 jobs alone. But when you look at the broader alcohol industry, it's over a million jobs in that value chain. So I must say that the excitement is more about the fact that we can get this economy going again and we can now save those livelihoods. Now, how how quick do you think this uh, turnaround will be? Because obviously, um, the people who were out of work in this industry have been out of work for a couple of months now. So how quick do you think it's going to take until these people are able to get back on their feet, get back into work and start production? You know, I must admit, it's not going to be an easy journey. And I think just to give an example... With the first lockdown, already over 8,000 taverns were affected. Um, we saw over 30% of the craft brewers who were shutting their doors. And then we had the sudden announcement, if you recall, where we then had the second lockdown. And that saw then another further 40% also of, of um, tavern owners also affected. And craft brewers, at least 15% of them, shut their doors again. 
So it is not going to be an easy recovery, but we're trying to be positive about this and we are trying to say, well, look, we've got the opportunity now. Let's um, look forward, let's look ahead and let's see how we can make the best recovery we can. Now, you know, during the past two weeks, we have seen many alcohol brands announcing that they're going to stop alcohol production uh, for the year due to COVID-19. Other brands have even said they're just terminating uh, certain um, production lines. How is is this going to affect the industry? And what would this mean then to consumers as well? Look, I mean, in our uh, beer industry alone, we've seen Heineken, um, the planting KZN, that's been halted, and there were over 400 jobs that would have been created there. We've seen the SAB investment that's also been halted, and those were, you know, over two billion rand investment. But I think now with the opening up, you know, we'd like to think that we could review those decisions. But it's just, I think at this point, it's one day at a time. We have to also consider that this opening isn't a full opening. Um, if you've seen the regulations that we're still studying, it was only issued today. Um, you know, after the announcement at 2 o'clock. Um, they are quite strict. we only allowed to trade now from Monday to Thursday, um, limited trading hours. We are opening up on consumption. There is still the curfew in place. So it's not a full opening. So it's not a full recovery just yet. So I think it's, it's just um, baby steps for now. And we hope we then can review the situation. I mean, when we take a look at the previous lift of the alcohol ban and how there were uh, reports of medical cases that increased due to alcohol abuse, how can we encourage consumers to be more responsible? I think a large part of this is education. I think that we do have an organization in place already called aware.org, which deals with responsible drinking and harm reduction. But I think we need to amplify the messaging. So we have a industry strategy that we've worked on and we're going to be implementing that. Well, as of midnight, those things will be rolling out. But if the message is going out, posters already that are going to be in taverns, in stores, to say to consumers, you know, drink moderately, drink socially, try and stay at home um, and drink at home, try not to go out too much, as much as we do want to support the on-consumption, you know, try and stick to the curfews, make sure if you do go out, get home in time, and, and really just be not only responsible traders, but also be responsible consumers as well. You know, uh, Patricia, as we are talking about this, all I can just think about is the fact that um, you, we don't want to be moved back uh, to level uh, three or four or five because people have then mis- ab- abused alcohol consumption and ended up, you know, in hospital and, and all these things. But I want to understand from you as an industry, when you say these campaigns that are going to be going out, how effective do you think they'll be? Because we can send those SMSs, we can put up posters, but individual individual responsibility is what is going to assist us to stay at a place where everyone can enjoy the glass of wine or what beverage of choice without having another ban looming. I think that's such a great question, Patricia, because it's so important that we have accountability. And I think it's a shared responsibility. So I think that it, it's, I think it's not an industry problem alone. It's not a government problem alone. 
it's a shared responsibility and each one of us needs to take accountability. So, for example, if we are at a party and we can see somebody who wants to pick up their keys and drive and be intoxicated, we should have a responsibility to say to that person, listen, no, you're going to cause an accident. Stay over, for example. Um, restaurant owners, for example, you shouldn't allow your patrons to get into vehicles. And, and I think it's now time that we all take this responsibility. So you're right, it's beyond just the, the posters, etc. But it's about now everyone stepping up to say, you know, this is all our country, it's all our responsibility, it's our lives and livelihoods at stake. And so what are we going to do personally? Um, we all are citizens and we are all consumers as well. And, um, and you know, as much as we only have 40% of our society that drinks, and if you look at the stats that have been released, only one in five, for example, women that drink, there is a large portion of that, 40%, that actually has a problem with alcohol and they, the way they engage with alcohol. And so what are we doing with those people that are in our circles in terms of the way they're consuming? So, you know, I'm saying that let's also start making people accountable, let's be accountable ourselves, and let's all be supportive of government, supportive of enforcement, and also industry be taking responsibility as well. In terms of uh, the the restaurant industry, how have they, uh, you know, uh, responded to this particular lifting of the ban? Because now people can enjoy a meal and also enjoy a drink as of tomorrow. Look, I can't speak on behalf of the restaurant industry, but I do know that um, Rasa, which is the key restaurant association, has put together a guideline that has been issued out to all the restaurant uh, association members. So they seem very well prepared and ready for opening as well. And so there are strict protocols in place, strict hygiene controls, um, distancing of tables, etc. So for me, it seems that they are also ready um, in, and prepared. Now, what is uh, SAB and other beer companies putting into place to assist with the economic growth and possible job maintenance and also, you know, now that the alcohol trade has been permitted? Look, um, you know, I think for me what's very important is that we need to consider that this is, and I think just to say that our president also alluded to this, that it's not going to be an easy recovery. So we're working with the associations like Busa, which represents the broader industry as well. So it's a collective effort as to how we are going to revive this economy. I think it is important that we always bring our employees first in every decision that we make. So I just wanted to share, you know, we've managed not to lay off people throughout this entire period, which which has been really great. You know, we've managed um, to ensure that people have been able to still an income and, and survive. And we've ensured that people were able to work in safe conditions where they were allowed to, to work. So I think for us, very important is that we work together as industry, that we work with government as well, creating strong partnerships and we'll be able to actually trade responsibly, but also ensure that we build this economy as well. Let's say something happens and we get another ban again um, against alcohol usage and we are moved to an extreme lockdown level. Will you as an association uh, or even the beer um, and alcohol companies then go to court? 
are you willing to to do such or are you going to always be compliant with uh, the regulations that are given to us under the Disaster Management Act? Look, I think for me, you know, for us, litigation is always a, a last alternative. I think for me is that especially in the situation that we found ourselves in, you know, with COVID being such uncharted territory, it was always a last resort for us because we always felt that working together we could achieve so much more. And so I think that it's still early days. What we would like to do is rather focus our efforts now in terms of just opening up the trade. Like you said, uh, you know, a few hours to go. Our trucks are really lined up waiting to get into delivery. And that's really our focus now, then ensuring once we open up tomorrow that, you know, we're monitoring the hospital situations, etc., trying to make sure that we can get enough data so we are monitoring this. I mean, that's one of our, our biggest issues is that, you know, we don't get sighting of what is going on. So we're hoping this time round that we are given access to, you know, the situation as it occurs and not told at the end, well, this is, you know, the crisis. So these are the things we'd rather focus on for now rather than looking at, at that. And if at that point later on it comes to it, we, we will review. But for now, you know, as I said, it's always a last alternative for us. Mm. Now, as we close off, Patricia, let's uh, give encouragement to people who are employed within this industry, because obviously it's going to take a long time until uh, things get back on the feet. But the economic activity is going to start happening as of tomorrow. For me, I'd just like to say, you know, we've been so resilient as an industry. We've really come together. And, and I talk about across the categories. So I think it's, it's not only um, the beer across with my colleagues from, from the wine associations, the spirits, etc. We've really stuck together, the retailers as well. And I think we've shown our resilience. And we can do this. We can make it through this. I think it is very important that we just keep on on this path. And we also continue to preach the message. And I, I use the word preach because it's really that consistent messaging to try and change behavior. Because for me, it's not about the substance. It's about the way people are engaging with the substance. And I think that really needs to change. That mindset is to say, look, um, it, alcohol can be consumed responsibly. And we just need to start now changing that mindset and that behavior. Mm. Thank you so very much, uh, Patricia. And I can't wait until one day we're able to sit together and share a glass of something cold um, <laughs> to celebrate what's going to be happening from midnight. Absolutely. And can even be non-alcoholic, Patricia. So I'm No, okay definitely. With that I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Something cold can be anything, even a glass of water. Yes, there's there's really delicious, I must tell you, not that I'm marketing now, but there's really delicious um, non-alcoholic brands that are there. I mean, if you you taste, I don't want to mention the brands, but there's some lovely, even craft brews that are out there that are making non-alcoholic. And I think that saves us a little bit, not a large part of our market, but the non-alcoholic beer that we were able to still sell. Um, so, yeah, there's options for the, the non-drinkers as well. Excellent. I can't wait until we crack open a bottle. Thank you so very much, Patricia Pillay. Take care. Thank you.